This is the Jamal Show. Down in. Jamal C. Wright. Jamal. Jamal C. Wright. Jamal. This is the Jamal Show. I think that I have to come in from the bathroom now. Okay? So, that's right. Greetings, my friends. 20 seconds. Welcome to yet another glorious celebration of life in the form of what we call the Jamal Show, the place to get intelligent. My name is Jamal. And I can't speak for everybody else, but I'm very happy to be here. And I'm not just talking about on the radio. I'm not just happy to be on the radio, even though that's part of my happiness. I'm saying that I'm very happy to be here in life, as you should be. Because not everybody gets to exist right now. That's the truth. You need to appreciate that. And, and you know what? I can appreciate that it's not always fun to exist. Things don't always go your way. But as for myself, I'll take life even with all the ups and downs, the broken promises, the heartbreak, the disappointments, and yes, the failures. And today I'm taking the chance to speak specifically about failure because it's very important to me. I know failure up close and personal. Failure is one of the few things in life that I consider myself an expert in, and that's because I'm a risk taker. When you're a risk taker, you tend to fail more than others who just play it safe all the time. So as the result of being a risk taker, I view failure as a long lost brother destined to pay me a visit again sometime in the future. I failed in a variety of ways too numerous to mention. And as bad as this sounds, I do look forward to failing again one day. Now allow me to admit, that sounds weird. I'll admit that. I told that to an older lady friend of mine a few weeks ago. I said, look, I look forward to some more failure. And she thought I was depressed. She was like, don't say that about yourself, young man. But I'm not depressed. I'm ready for failure. Being ready for failure is not the same as being depressed. To you, it may sound like I'm depressed. But that's because you haven't been briefed about my perspective on failure. Now, folks, the truth is, that it takes courage to make a fool of yourself. Charlie Chaplin said that, and most people would consider him successful. You see, my friends, to be successful at anything in life, you must be good friends with failure. You must be friendly enough with failure to learn from him. And if you can learn from him, my goodness, that's always a powerful lesson. So powerful that if you were to learn from every failure that you encounter in life, you would end up tremendously successful. You would almost fall into success. But even then, you wouldn't necessarily feel successful. In fact, you'd be surprised at how many successful people feel like failures. Such is the case. My message to you is this. If you've suffered through failures in the past, or maybe you're going through a torrent of failure right now, know this. Failure will make you better. Failure will improve your life. It will allow you to reach new understandings about your life, love, and business. Failure will also tell you the truth about the people around you. Well, well, well wait a minute, wait a minute. I'd have to say surviving failure does that. And, you know, you got to learn from it. Well, you have to experience it to learn how to survive from it, right? right? You have to fall before you get back up. And it's the dearest teacher. My point is that failure is a stepping stone to success. If you look at the history of accomplishment, and this is important, Look at the history of accomplished men and women. All experienced great failure before success. One of my favorite historical figures, Albert Einstein, was the only one in his class 
to graduate and not get offered a job in his chosen field of science. And he flunked to math in the, in the early years. So he took a job at a local post office, right? That's right. Albert Einstein, perhaps the greatest scientist the world has seen, couldn't get a job as a scientist when he graduated from school. His classmates must have laughed at him the same way my classmates laughed at me when it took me a decade to get a law license. Einstein's wife was disappointed in him because he, he was broke after he graduated. She wanted a divorce, but he couldn't even afford that. But at that post office, Albert Einstein got busy. He got busy swallowing his pride. And while working there, he wrote the greatest scientific theory to hit the modern world ever. That would be the theory of relativity. That's the theory that allows you to use GPS to drive your car right now. And he said it came to him in a dream. Albert Einstein won the Nobel Peace Prize for writing those ideas down. And he gave the prize money to his wife so that she can get the divorce that she wanted. Or how about the great man Abraham Lincoln? One of the greatest known failures in American history. I'm sure you've heard all, all of his failures on a list. It's been published everywhere. Honest Abe fell in business in, at age 21. He was defeated in a legislative race at age 22. He failed again in business at age 24. He had to overcome the death of his sweetheart at age 26. He had a nervous breakdown at age 27. He lost the congressional race at age 34. He lost another congressional race at age 36. He lost the senatorial race at age 45. He failed in an effort to become vice president at age 47. And then he lost another senatorial race at age 47 later on. The only thing that people remember, though, is him becoming president at age 52. But, you know, he had to have a lot of pain and battle scars from the previous races in order to get there. What really made the difference in the end was that he kept taking risks. He was willing to fail. How about Dr. Seuss, probably the greatest children's book writer that ever lived? Right, right from Springfield, Mass. Uh, you know, the guy from Massachusetts had to come with that one. <laughs> and I'm sidestepping the racial issues in some of his older books in this discussion because his, his organization has been really good at removing that stuff from the public square. But Dr. Seuss's first book was rejected 27 times. His friends must have laughed at him behind his back. But imagine if Dr. Seuss hadn't tried to get published a 28th time. Then you wouldn't even know about Green Eggs and Ham. And to you older folks, don't tell me about your old age somebody named Mac. Don't tell me you're too old to take a risk and possibly fail. Colonel Sanders was 65 when he started KFC with a social security check. He received $105 a month back then, a little bit less than what Dr. Mac does. Yeah, just about. <laughs> hey, listen, I don't recommend podcasts much, but if you really want to learn about failure, you should listen to this podcast that's called How I Built This. It's by a person named Guy Raz. It's got a huge audience, so they aren't worried about competition for me. And this is the guy who goes around interviewing billionaire types who have all built these very successful businesses. Some of them have built two or three. And let me tell you, they ain't talking about all the Ferraris they bought on this podcast. They're talking about all the times they almost went bankrupt. There's an episode about Vice News. Vice is like a billion-dollar corporation now. But one of the founders was a recovering heroin addict when he started out. His mother cried for him every day. Why? Because she thought he was turning out to be a failure. People who are successful know failure. They aren't scared of failure. And that translates into they aren't too afraid to make a mistake. 
You can't fear failure, my friends. Let me change that. You can fear failure, but you can't let fear provide your direction away from what you really want to do. You've got to take the opportunity to learn from failure or else success will be afraid of you. Now, let me get back to business. We do have a guest host in the studio with us, and I cannot fail to do my job and introduce him to you guys. So let me start by saying that if you live in or around Hartford, Connecticut, you may have seen a mural in downtown Hartford depicting a man named Nip- Nipsey Hussle. He's a rapper, an old rapper. Nipsey Hussle was a famous rapper from California who was killed in the streets by a hater in March of 2019 at the young age of 33. But he was more than a rapper. To many of his millions of fans, he was a symbol of what every black man could be, a positive role model in his community, a businessman, an investor, and a defender of justice for black people and whites. So this mural was not only timely to commemorate the death of Nipsey Hussle, but it's also very aesthetically beautiful. And our guest host is the one who created it. So I'd like to introduce Corey Payne. He's an artist, and he will be guest hosting on the show today. Hey, Corey, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me. Really quickly, what made you do that mural? That mural, I just wanted to really just like represent Nipsey and like everything he stood for. Like I feel like his message and everything he was about was more important even to me than the, his music. And I just felt like it would be something to carry on his legacy and his spirit that is like a positive influence on the whole rest of the community. And really quickly, you're from, a little bit about your background. You say you're 33, I believe? Yeah, I'm 33. And um, you're, you're a working artist, which is not, yep. something not many people get to do is uh, live their dream and make money doing it. So you're working on artist. And where are you from? I grew up in Weathersfield, but I'm, I'm from around Hartford. Like right. I'm, I'm always around here, so yeah. So you're proud of Hartford, yeah, one yeah, of a few definitely. people. So we're going to come back and have a discussion with Corey. He's going to join us in a few things, maybe talk a little bit about failure. But first, I have to get to the official show introduction, get it out of the way. Welcome to Saturday, my friends, the very next day of your life. This is the Jamal Show, the place to get intelligent, live and on your favorite podcasting network. They used to call me Congressman George Santos, but my current name is Jamal. I am an information junkie from Harlem, and I'm passing the fruits of my illness on to you. Then you can pass it on to your loved ones, and at the end, everyone will be a little bit smarter and also single for life. As for me, I'm your listener guide, mostly along for the ride, coming straight through the Hartford Studios of WKND, and I'm doing that live. So if I fail at something, you're going to hear it. Time to say hello to my folks in the station. What's up to the Archbishop? He's the producer, so when you call, you'll be talking to him. And I don't say don't say anything out of pocket because God is standing right behind them. Yeah. Hello to my co-host and good friend Dr. Alfonso Mack. Yeah, yeah. Who yep, does not yep. have a cigar at this time. Yeah, and don't draw Jamal. Don't don't. <laughs> I can't you know, draw. You want you want to <laughs> maintain your profession. We are also blessed to have some new blood in the studio. Artist Corey Payne, who mistakenly thought I had a good reputation, so he showed up. Thank you for that, Mr. Payne. I look forward to your continued presence. Tell your Thank mama you, said hi. Tell I your will, mama said will, hi. Yeah. I hope she's listening. So moving on, it's been like two weeks since you last heard my voice. The last time I was on the air, the theme was redemption. It was great and informative. It was a broadcast where we talked a lot about commutations with attorney Alex Talbes. That episode is up on the podcast universe, and it refuses to go back to the country it came from. So please do check it out. Today I'm talking about failure. And if you can't tell by this broadcast, I'm an expert. You may not think that, but this radio station sure does. It, that, that's why my words don't represent the views of this station. They would prefer me to be on a movie set with Alec Baldwin, for the truth. (laughs) Don't harass the station over what I say, people. They agree with you. But since I'm courageous, you can send me all of your hate mail. I'm eager to read it. 
Here, let me spell my name for you. It is Dr. M-A-C-K. <laughs> <laughs> Send your hate mail to the station under that name, and it will go directly to me. Yep. All right? Yep. Okay, folks, let me not fail to give you a break and play you some great indie music. When we come back, we'll be thinking out loud with artist Corey Payne. For music today, we begin with a guy named Trouble the Chief. I really like this guy. He's from Harlem, or he might be from the Bronx. He'll call me and let me know. The song is called Troubled Path. Play that for me right quick. Some better days, but they stay the same. How I'm gonna ease the pain? Only 10 years old, alone with a broken soul. Of course, I wanted more, but got beat with extension cords. It only made me angry. Thought I wasn't tough, so I went outside and started beating motherfuckers up. Had something to prove, plus nothing to lose. Shadow boxing, talking to myself while walking to school. Every thought running through my mind was violent the rule. Three F's before 16, but I wasn't a fool. Product of the ghetto word to me, that wish wasn't cool. But it made a beast of a man with plenty of tools. So much frustration. They say Jesus coming back, well I'm done waiting. If I wanted them, gon' take it. Calisthenics in the weed for the wake up. Stop going to class, cause I needed this paper. As I look around, all I see is the fake up Me can't take that path, so I be my own savior Nobody cares when the black boy cries, why? Nobody cares when the black boy dies, I Refuse to be another statistic, counting me out But I'm good and cowards done got it twisted The way get heavy, I lift it Remember streets hit that boy with a mystic Part of my violent flashbacks from PTSD got me tripping All I really needed was somebody to listen Mary Jane was the only one, she saved my life up in them trenches Drinking liquor alone on them Trevor Park benches Thinking about this game for life and how the fuck we gon' finish All my life I had to fight Pain and sacrifice All my life I had to fight Pain and sacrifice All my life All I had to fight You know, you really have to believe in what you're doing in life in order to better get through it. That's really the message of this show. That's what this show is all about. And we hope you believe in the message as much as we do, which is why we're hoping that you'll take this opportunity to support us through coffee.com. That's K-O-F-I.com backslash The Jamal Show. Please join us there. Consider buying us a coffee. We need the caffeine to keep this show running and to keep telling the truth, quite honestly. So why don't you join us? And we'll give you a nice shout-out on the next broadcast. Join us at coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com backslash The Jamal Show. We'd really appreciate any support you can give us. Thank you very much. Not that works. I'm back again when you didn't expect it like Will Smith. That song was Troubled Path by my new friend Troubled Chef, Chief, out of New York City. I need to learn how to talk. He has a new album, and you can check Troubled Chief online whenever you, wherever you stream your music. 
I would suggest that you try to support independent artists. Now, moving on, the subject is failure. And I think it's about time that somebody volunteer a personal story. So we are opening our lines to callers who may be brave enough to share a personal story of failure with us on the air. Our number here is 860-210-218, excuse me. Two one seven three eight six zero. I know, right? Eight six zero two one eight two one seven three. I don't call in months because I'm already here. <laughs> if you want to call in, give us a brief summary of how you failed in the past, and then tell us what you learned from the experience. You get extra points if the story is funny or embarrassing. All right, extra points for you, which you can't use at Walmart. Since we have no calls currently, I guess it's time to volunteer, oh. Doctor Mac, to tell us a story of. Failure. What have you got for us? Have you ever failed, Dr. Mack? And why would you do something like that if you did? Give me a failure story and what you learned from it. And you get extra points if it's funny or embarrassing. Oh, funny or embarrassing? There you go. Oh, man. Shoot. Oh, wow. Does that include last night? No, don't tell people about that. People aren't supposed to know about that, Mack. You promise me. You promise me. No, well, you know, um, I'd say... uh, well, one that's very common to a lot of people. How about marriage? You're a I got one of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what they say. They say that every man should be married at least once. Yeah, right. Right. right? You know. So, um, you know. So I got I got one of them. And, and so, would you say it was your fault? Did you learn anything from it? Yeah, not do it again. Yeah, right. See, that's, I hear that from so many men. I mean, it's I like that pot is hot. Don't touch that pot. And you go up there and you talk, ah, you know. Yeah. Didn't I tell you the pot was hot? But you treasured their experience, right? Say what? You treasure. <laughs> <laughs> you gain from the experience. Yeah. Well, if you hadn't yeah. been married before, you would yeah. have a son probably, and you wouldn't, you know. Yeah, yeah. There are yeah. Those, those those side things that come along with, yeah. with, with marriage that are yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. You mean alimony? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Back in the days, they had alimony. Yeah, yeah. These days, they call it maintenance. No, oh, is that what it's called? No, that's what, that's what they call thing. it. It's, they, it's, they, they're in your pocket. It's still you know? a check. It still it's, comes in the form of a check. It comes out of your pocket, you know. So, yeah, you know, so I'm sure there's somebody in there like to uh, give us a, uh, oh, expression on the joys. Of marriage. Of marriage. Well, I don't think anyone here is married except the bishop, and you have to be a bishop to stay married these days. How about you, Corey? I can't t- I can tell you don't fail with art. But no, you must have made no, some mistakes. Very way. good at art. Oh, yeah, you must have made some mistakes on the way to notoriety, right? Yeah, I feel like just my whole life as an artist is all about like just learning from your mistakes and like little little failures that add up, you know. So like I I can think of like one specific example like when I first started painting murals, one of the first walls I ever painted, um, I did like a whole portrait and everything it was my first time and i was really proud of it and then when i showed the people that like were running the project they just they just didn't like it and they're like yeah that's got to come down oh right so, like, so the thing about art is that you have to deal with people don't like it exactly yeah yeah so for me it was i was proud just to just being able to accomplish it and like but i like to take the take the challenges of like whatever the, the failure might be you know and um for them not liking it just try to like take that and come up with something creative and find my way to like accept that challenge and Turn it around. I'm going to go off script a little bit because um, now that I know, I remember your artist. There was a new artwork unveiled for Martin Luther King. I believe, where was it? Oh, was it the hands, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, the arms. I'm glad you saw yeah, that yeah. because the backlash on that has been interesting. I'd love to get your feedback on that. I saw the artist. He's a black artist on uh, CNN, and he was saying, you know, once you put out out there, you can't tell people how to, how to perceive it. But, yeah. you know, there's this talk that it, if you look at it from a certain side, it looks like a male genitalia. 
What's your take on that? Do you like it, first of all? Yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, I think the idea is cool. Like, just like, I think he called it the embrace or the something embrace, like that. Right. And it's like, just the hands the embracing, arms. you know, or like the arms. Yeah. So, like, I feel like it's like the message is cool. It's like the, about, it's not putting like any specific person to it. It's about the embrace of right. anybody that sees it. You know? Well, he says he wanted to make it about the relationship. So, so many things. Um, about Martin Luther King, like the Martin Luther King monument in D.C., it's like him standing with his arms crossed. All the monuments to him have him in it, but this artist wanted to focus on the love between them because yeah. when you're married to a, such a strong woman, that really helps you. You know what I'm saying? That, like you yeah. said, you have a girlfriend that helps you. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, when you well, can bounce things how, back. How many times have you ha- presented your work in front of people? Um, I mean, you had to get a start. I mean, you just don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Hit the hit the ground running. You know. Hold on. I'm gonna let you. Yeah. I'm gonna let him think about that. We have actually a caller in. All right. Hopefully to talk about failure. We have Kyle on the line. Kyle, are you there? Uh, Kyron Aldi. B, how you doing, man? I actually know who you are. Why don't, <laughs> why don't you Why don't you tell me a little bit about your story of failure and what you learned from it? Uh, give it. You get extra points if it's uh, funny or embarrassing. All right. Well, it's more than embarrassing. There's nothing funny about it. Um, but okay. First of all, let me just give a, a, a brief understanding of my view on failure. First of all, failure is only when you quit and give up, okay? Because it's very subjective. The story I'm going to tell has nothing to do with my actual mistake because it had to do with somebody else's opinion. But I was in a relationship for, shoot, for like seven years. Uh, I, had, uh, I had a daughter uh, with, with this female, and um, I wasn't really... I didn't know a lot about relationships. I mean, I've been, you know, I, was, I wasn't really the coolest guy in the world. So when I got her, I was so excited to have her that I wasn't paying attention to the warning signs. And so she would travel to New York all the time and she would go on trips. And I'm just thinking, hey, I mean, let her do her thing. I'm doing my thing. I'm working. I'm selling real estate. Everything is going great. Um, what, what happened was I ended up with a, with a daughter and a son. But actually, I only had a daughter. Um, so she left, went to, went overseas, came back and, uh, she was pregnant, but I'm thinking, you know, I wasn't really doing the math. I'm thinking, okay, well I'm having another kid come to find out this girl was, was setting me up for a child support scenario. Uh, she gave the child my, my name. Okay. Uh, so, so I would think that he was my son. Uh, then she filed for, then she left me, uh, destitute. Like I left, the, I left the house one day, came home and the doors were locked. You know what I'm saying? And she was sitting up in the window, and as I'm banging on the door, she's calling the police like I'm like I'm a dangerous man. So the next thing you know, the police come, they escort me off. My kids are crying and screaming, and I'm still not understanding. It wasn't until my dad told me that that kid doesn't look anything like anybody in the family that I went and got a paternity test uh, and found out that it wasn't mine. Uh, so that was my that was and what I learned from that was that you have to pay attention to your surroundings at all times. You can't take anybody for granted. There is no there's no magical formula for love or relationships. You just have to, you have to learn from every single incident that happens to you. You have to, so you, the fact that I didn't quit and say, okay, well, that was my last relationship. I'll never do that again. You know saying? I, I learned that I just have to pay closer attention and I have to be more steady in myself. Uh, that was what I learned. But overall, people who uh, consider things that didn't go their way as failures sometimes start to self-sabotage because they don't think that they're ever going to be able to do anything. 
But in actuality, it's just a learning experience unless you give up on whatever your dream is or whatever your mission is. Once you give up, that's when you fail. So you, Jamal, I would never say that you failed because you had some ups and some downs some things didn't go the way you thought they should have gone. But look at you now. If you had quit, you would have failed. We wouldn't be talking right now. I wouldn't be. I, your, your success through those ups and downs is actually a success for me because now I'm on the, I'm on the air tell, telling a story and I'm talking to who knows how many people. So don't get yourself all wrapped up in I, this didn't work out this way or that didn't work out that way because a lot of times it's not you. It's other people and forces that you can't control. And when you can't control those forces, you can't be a failure. Hey, so um, I didn't say this earlier, but Kyra Rinaldi is on my payroll. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You'll be getting your check next week, um, as promised. Kyra Rinaldi, thank you very much. Here, you are. Thank you. You're, you go, because I don't think I can follow it up with anything else except uh, going go on. Go one, man. Um, you'll, yeah, thanks, thanks a lot, Kyra Rinaldi. I did not expect that, and I appreciate your, your uh, kind words. But there's another fellow I want to mention that is failing badly right now. And his name is Florida. Actually, his name is Ron DeSantis. The governor of Florida and self-proclaimed woke warrior. Many of you have heard of his grandiose Trump-style politics with him attacking Disney and what he calls critical race theory. Critical race theory is defined as anything that can make white kids feel bad in Florida. Which is strange because you never can control how somebody feels, right? So now DeSantis is blocking an advanced placement class that teaches African-American studies. He says the content is not historically accurate. Is he not failing the students of Florida, Mac? Like, like he says he's saving their feelings, right? And I would say that if you're a student in Florida and you come out and you go to college, maybe in Ohio or somewhere else, and everyone knows things you don't know because you weren't allowed to be taught that, you're the one who looks like an idiot. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, I I wish we had a little bit more time. I'll tell you the experience I had with... uh, African studies. Uh, Very briefly, I went to a graduation at a local uh, college up here in in western Massachusetts, and to my surprise, uh, 75% of the graduates got degrees in African studies. I was stunned. I was stunned. I said, what? What are you going to do? I still don't know to this day what they're going to do with a degree in African studies until I learned that the point of... um, was was not so much well they it gave them a chance to grow up and and uh have a discipline and get a degree and then they went off and uh did uh what they wanted to do with uh daddy's money now for those who don't remember mac is actually one of the kids that had to be escorted to school during the times of segregation yeah he was escorted to school by law enforcement yeah by people who didn't want him to go to school. Yeah, that was, yeah. Well, you know, when you when you a six seven year old chump, and uh, you know, and uh, you, and, and, and the state trooper says, you know, uh, stay next to me and I'll get you through this uh, line of uh, triple K, you know, and uh, you know, and they did they escorted me for about uh, uh, about six weeks uh, for the first uh, in the first grade, you know, you you know you don't you don't you don't fear too much anymore. You know, because you you've seen it. Well, I have a, I do have this um, special situation today where I do have an outspoken white man in the in the in the studio. <laughs> so I hope you don't mind me asking: Have you ever been in school, Corey, and felt a low self esteem as a result of history? 
No, nah, I mean, I feel like with this whole thing too, like it's, I feel like when you, when you try to put a blanket over something or like hide history, it's like, it's never going to, it's all going to come back through in some kind of way. So right. like, I feel like when you, when you have things out in the open, that's how you learn from it. So like right. when you try to take that away, that's how history repeats itself. So to me, it's like, it's better to have everything out in the open and everybody should know all that and be able to move on from it and learn and from move it, you know? on from there. Yeah. When I was in law school, I learned that there are banned books. There are books that have been banned um, that... The, the FBI tracks when people pick up one is called the Anarchist Cookbook it's basically yeah. a book on how to make bombs and stuff from, from hand there's a couple of them um, and I noticed a long time ago that you know burning book I read this book called Fahrenheit 451 yeah. everyone should have written yeah read it, everybody right? has read and that it's been, the theme of the book the theme of the book is this when you burn books people look for them more right yeah. so whenever you say you know, I heard about the Anarchist Cookbook when I was like in college years ago. And of course, I looked for it. And I was like, a book I can't read? Where can I find this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And see, that's, that's, that's generally what people do. So whenever they started, when they actually started burning books and banning books in Florida, I was like, didn't they read Fahrenheit 451? Like, don't you know that when you say you can't have this? That's the one reason why drugs exploded back in the 70s when I was a kid. You know, people were like, don't smoke weed. They were like, oh, really? Don't? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So when you tell people not to look for something, that's when they look for it the most. And for all, the, you know, this is a result of all the parents that were home during COVID who never made it to a PTA meeting, who were like, hey, now that I'm stuck home, it'd be nice to get out and make it to a PTA meeting. Let me pay attention to what my kids are studying. And for the first time, they realized that kids are learning about the civil rights movement. And they're like, oh, my God. You know? <laughs> Because that one, just because of COVID, they paid attention, right? All these times they didn't pay attention. Now they want to be involved in, in but they don't want to be teachers, though. Yeah, <laughs> but my man, how how is that reflected in art? You know, I mean, do you see this in art in terms of what's in style and what's not in style? Or, I mean, do you have any feel for that in, in art in your field? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like people kind of like it's especially with all like the like things going on in the news and like those kind of things like people focus on those things or try to like turn it into like a, a lot of times it happens to me like when i paint like people will have a problem with me painting something because because i'm like a white dude or something and oh really it's like it'll be like i'm not even you like, get that you thinking get about that. that kind of thing but then like I've, I've been like you know like for murals and stuff in the city like they'll they'll take me off the project because they're afraid to have me do it because like oh we can't have another white dude paint this or something you know it's crazy when i was in college i first saw this you know you see white guys wearing dreadlocks and you see these people right i don't know who i don't know where these people come from they're like you can't wear this yeah. this yeah. this culture belongs to me <laughs> like i never understood that the whole idea about culture is just supposed to um be 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 pleased when people emulate it, right? Exactly, yeah. Like people, if you if if you've come to the Hartford Civic Center and you look over at the skate park, I mean, you've seen Corey's work. The man is gifted. I'll tell you that straight up. All right, Thanks. I mean, you 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 got it, and uh, you know, and I don't care whether you're black or white or anything like that. You have an eye for people, like. Um, it's you're truly thanks gifted, man. man and that's what i like to focus on it's more about just like the people and like the spirit of somebody and like uh -huh. the message and what they stand for and all that kind of stuff more than anything else so like to me all that other stuff is like all put aside like you don't even have to know who what i look like to to know like i want the art to speak for itself you know Corey, who who did the uh the mural of the four women down in um uh right by oh Clark yeah Street. down by the highway who, who, who yeah, did, yeah, yeah. Who, who her did? name's uh michaela 
She's from East Hartford, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah. You know her? You're a friend of hers? Yeah, I, yeah. I like her. To, I like her to come on. I like her to come on. So, so after we do this, we'll yeah. get in touch with her. Yeah, okay. And then, then there's another one on, um, is it Pearl Street on the side of a building? Did you do that one? Is the, the big tall one with yeah. the girl watering flowers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's me. That, that's I, you? Yeah, yeah. I that's did. You know yeah, 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 yeah. Get out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was like my like a passion project for me. Like I just I've always wanted to do that wall and that that thing, and like that one was more just me getting to do my thing, where I didn't have to like go through any kind of like stuff through the city of what to paint or who they wanted me to do. So I just painted. That's my girlfriend, and I painted her like surprised her with it. And uh, it's very very good. Now the other one that I know of is on the uh, the uh, the uh, what do you call it the uh, train uh, trussle. Uh, on the other side of Bushnell Park, on um, going along the highway there. Well, you know where they where, where the bus to New Britain makes that left hand turn to go up and get up. You know, there's a yep. there's a mural there right across, like yeah, near Union Station, the, like yes, across yes, from Art Space. Yeah, yeah, I did that one too. Get out! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a pretty so. busy guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're a pretty busy guy, and you enjoy what you do. What would you say to a young man that that wants to be an artist? I mean, I would say, like, just always be true to yourself, the most important thing. Like, because I feel like a lot of people get all caught up in, like, anything with, like, this kind of stuff of who they, what, like, even their art, like, what they expect people to see or what they think people would like. And when you make stuff like that, then it's never, like, completely always, like, honest and true for yourself. And I feel like if you just do more things that what you're focused on, don't worry about what other people think, then just, like, people will catch on. A friend of mine that's going to come on in the next segment to talk about books... He told me something really um, interesting a, a few weeks ago. He said, you can always tell an artist that cares about black people because of how they paint the black face. Like, yeah. people that don't have an understanding for black culture, they just kind of make them blank faces that are black. But you can see wrinkles and right. you can see... They make them blank. Yeah, they They're make them blank. blank. Blank in character. But I can see that you spent time... Looking. Definitely. Looking at someone's face and saying... This is the portrayal of Nifty Hustle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I look at that every time I pass by, and it's very inspirational. And I like where you put it. I mean, look at that face. Look at his face. I mean, is that <laughs> hey, a, maybe is that a failure or what? I gotta let that one go. <laughs> so you've got a lot. I saw I saw you had newspaper articles about that. Um, you've got you must have gotten a lot of feedback and followers of that. Definitely, yeah. It went over way bigger than I expected. Like I just thought of do, I wanted to do something cool for like my friends and people just in the community to have something to like respect and honor him. And uh, it went over way bigger than I thought and reached a lot more people than I could have ever imagined, you know? Did you ever get any white people asking you why you would paint Nipsey Hustle? Yeah, people ask me really? that. People, like, like there's even, like, it doesn't either white people or black people really? ask me black that, you know? Okay. Like, like right, oh, why do you, racist. like, why would you paint that? Like, why? what do you know about that or something, you know? But, but really? Like, yeah, like. What do you know about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That must be a little bit um, offensive. A little bit? It's like. Because if you know something, you know it, right? There's not, there's not. You know, information that's just for white people. Just exactly, for, yeah. Right, so it's almost like a, 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 a baited question. Yeah, it's not even like, I don't really care what people think. It's just like, to me, on a, a personal level, it's like, those people just, they don't even know me and like, my heart, you. you know? Yeah, so like, it's like, yeah, you know, you can't even like, fall into that trap, you know? But, um... Like, I have people, um, I guess, because of the way I talk about education, I've had black people tell me I'm too white. I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> To talk English and, to, you know what I'm saying, to want to read Mark Twain or whatever, to be into whatever you want to be into. You know, yeah. the worst thing you could do is set up expectations for what you expect of people, you know? Exactly. I feel like I, my whole life I've always felt like there, there's, I don't like rules. That's why I never like school. Like, I don't like things that's, like, set in a certain way that, like, you tell me what to do, you know what I'm saying? So, like, 
I feel like when it's like that and you limit like, oh, this is like how this person should act or what they should like. Like, there's, I just don't like rules. I like to have everybody just now, be open to be themselves. This is a weird time for this, but I want to make sure I get this out and I don't forget it. If people want to view your art online, yep. where should they go? Um, so I have a lot of my new stuff on my Instagram page. So it's just my name, just Corey Payne Art. Um, Payne is P-A-N-E. And then my website, just CoreyPayne.com. Okay, CoreyPayne.com. And you also have contact information on that website. Yeah. So let's move on to another failure. Wait, Something you might have. Wait, wait a minute, Corey. Did you? Did, so in high school, they didn't teach you how to do this. This is just coming from you. I mean, people. You if, you, if you haven't seen this man's work, it is truly gifted. I, Thank I, want, you, man. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did go to um to art school at uh, Uhart. So you are. Okay, yeah, okay. I got like I was lucky. I got like a pretty good scholarship and everything. So um, just kind of went through there and went through the All whole right. process. But to me, like I've always done art. Okay. my whole life and uh it's almost it was weird going to school because they try to tell you like the same kind of things like certain ways to do things and like i feel like a lot of the people in the class would always be doing what the teacher does so moving on to another yeah. failure so- solomon pena is a republican in new mexico he ran for a state seat in 2022 the midterm election he lost by over 50 points and then like trump he claimed that the election was rigged no doubt he was supported by who donald trump but he has recently been arrested for taking shots at the House of Democratic Leaders. Mac, did you hear about this? The guy that lost the election. In yeah, 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 in New Mexico. And he yeah, hired yeah, people. To go out and hit, and, and, and hit his opponents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to take shots at their houses. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's doing, he's doing Republican Party um, drive-by shootings, basically. Is this a surprise to you guys, or has politics become more violent normally? Is, that, is this something that you expected, Mac? Uh, I don't know. Um, you can say it's a generational thing, <laughs> or uh, it, it, I mean, you you grew up through worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Um, I, I still think that, in my opinion, that there are people who need psychological help. Okay, and um, for whatever reason and for whatever their needs are, and they, they it's coming out to being exp- and this stuff is no longer being hidden. I mean, this has been going on. I mean, look, they didn't hang black people because the guy was sane. I mean, the guy who did it, he wasn't sane doing that. He was he was insane, right. you know. But now, you know, this stuff is coming out, all right? And we see what has been hidden in the past before. What well, you got, Bishop? Well, I got we got we got Jimmy coming on in a minute, so I want to go into a story about uh, my own failure. It was a little embarrassing. This was several years ago. I had a good job at J.P. Morgan in Manhattan. I was on something called the compliance team. But there was a recruiter trying to lure me to work for the Department of Justice. And let me tell you, throughout law school, I was always told that the Department of Justice was the absolute best place that a lawyer could end up working. Except the DOJ didn't want to hire me as a lawyer. They wanted to hire me as a senior paralegal in the antitrust division. That's the division that goes after huge companies that act like monopolies. This was, of course, before Merrick Garland was attorney general. Now, a paralegal position was under my pay grade at the time, but I still wanted to work at the DOJ. I figured that I'd earn my my way to the top, so to speak. Now I know that was delusional thinking. But still, I left a great job with perks that I liked at J.P. Morgan to go to the Department of Justice. I did so because I thought I would love working at the DOJ. But you know what? I hated working there. I found out quickly that if, you, if you're not an attorney, the Department of Justice is just another government job where they treat you like a government worker. 
Literally, I felt like I was at the U.S. US Postal Service. Excuse me. Not that there's anything wrong with working for the post office. It just wasn't for me. I hated it at the DOJ, and I regretted leaving my job at J.P. Morgan. The DOJ didn't try to train me. I felt like I was set up to fail. The people at the DOJ must have felt my unhappiness because one day they just fired me out of the blue, no warning. But that wasn't the worst part. The worst part is when they fired me, they told me that Homeland Security had to escort me out. So, I didn't want investigators going through my stuff. I went to erase my computer, and while I was erasing my computer, my boss came in and told me that Homeland Security was on the way. I was like, oh, hell no. They wanted me to wait there in my office until Homeland Security arrived to escort me from the office right in front of my coworkers. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. No way was I going to do a perp walk. So I made a dash for the elevator. I figured they can't escort me out if I've already left, right? When I got to the elevator, Homeland Security was already there. And I avoided the, I avoided the embarrassing perp walk by meeting them at the elevator. But I always think about how bad that day could have been if my boss didn't mention to me that Homeland Security was coming. Anyway, I always tell people who have been fired that they may feel down about it. They may feel like it's the end of the world or embarrassing. But the truth is you haven't really been fired until Homeland Security is sent to escort you from your office and to the sidewalk outside. Now that is called a termination, my friends. Anyway, time for a break with some really um, great independent music, of course. And after that, we're going to talk to my good friend Jimmy a bit. He's on the line already. He's going to do his bi-weekly book review, and I hear he's got a good book for us to read. Hopefully, our new friend and guest host, Corey Payne, will stay with us and as oh, well yeah. and join in. I'll be here. All right. So stay with us, and until then, please enjoy the music. This is Quest for Five Mics by Seeds of Labor. Dance. 
Backspins and windmills that never paid the bills. Strictly recreation, but after a duration of commercial elevation, lyrical degradation. Black MCs are running all around the nations. Analyze the current techniques that they're facing. One sounds just like the next, and it's amazing. Just like grace, but you know it's all a waste. A useful time loot and studio space. They always follow trends and never take the bends. All the forks in the road, that's why the style is old and somewhat repetitious. The flavor of my new style must simply be delicious. Cause it's all original from this individual, not the same ritual. Glamorizing criminal, but decadently sexual, explicit material. Well, it's the quest for the vibe that keeps us all alive. The bass in the track, the bass for off the rap. The quest for the vibe that keeps us all alive. The bass in the track, the bass for off the rap. The quest for the vibe that keeps us all alive. The bass in the track, the bass for off the rap. The quest for the vibe that keeps us all alive. The bass in the track, the bass for off the rap. Now, my family's dysfunctional, but my rhyme's still punctual. My girl always says, look what all the to you, but smoking bones are secondary to microphones, too many MCs take shortcuts like Grace Jones, they be the first to cast stones at the next one, but their image is shallow, they need to find some direction, everybody wants to make a hip-hop connection, but their reason for doing rap, they seem to be forgetting, this leads me to believe that there's room to breathe for the seeds of my labor, invading space like a space invader, not showing fear for the unjust traitor, cause we don't worry about that man, cause I see the visions in the sky like Batman, I dash upon the scene with the general theme, I'm ripping mics at the scene. And it's not even like the team is mandatory I want my quest to go on like the never-ending story Quest for the five that keeps us all alive Bass in the track that brings forth the rap Quest for the five that keeps us all alive Bass in the track that brings forth the rap Quest for the five that keeps us all alive Bass in the track that brings forth the rap Quest for the five that keeps us all alive Bass in the track that brings forth the rap Quest for the five that keeps us all alive Bass in the track that brings forth the rap Quest for the five that keeps us all alive. Bass in the track that brings forth the rap. Quest for the five that keeps us all alive. Bass in the track that brings forth the rap. Quest for the five that keeps us all alive. Bass in the track that brings forth the rap. Good night. Hello again, my friends. Life is for the living, not the dead, here at the Jamal Show, the place to get intelligent. That last piece of music you heard was called Quest for Five Mics. That song is by a golden age hip-hop group called Seeds of Labor. And you can find them everywhere you stream your music, I promise. Now, this is our last segment, so you know what that means. It's the running out of time segment. But whenever we are running out of time, that is the best time to take time to listen to a very, very close friend of mine. We've known each other about 25 years. In fact, this guy and I go way back to Syracuse University where we met as students and we became tight. His name is Jimmy. Now, some of you who listen to the show, you know Jimmy. Because, like I said, you listen to the show, right? But I got a school, I got a, I got a school artist, Corey Payne, here right now. Because he hasn't been here before. So I got to school him on who Jimmy is. Because Corey is new here, like I just said. Jimmy is a special kind of person. If you know what I mean, he's that kind of guy you never can forget. Even if you want to. And he reads a lot of books. You get that? Jimmy loves books. Sometimes, every now and then, Jimmy tells his friends about the books he reads, and damn it, he makes us want to read those books, too. So I thought I'd do us all a favor and bring my old friend Jimmy to the Jamal Show audience to help, us make, to help make us all more intelligent. My friends, this is a very special segment. I like to call it Books with Jimmy. <laughs> Yo, Jimmy, you like that? Jimmy! <laughs> What's up, my friend? How are you? You there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? 
hear you, brother. And uh, I have one big question for you. I know you yeah. were up at like 6 a.m. this morning just thinking. What have you got <laughs> for us today, my brother? All right. Um, the book I have today is Fire and Fury by Michael Wolff. It is the best of the Donald Trump books. There's been a whole bunch of books written about Donald Trump. This is the best one. And the reason I picked Fire and Fury is because today's topic was failure. And Donald Trump is basically, in my view, white supremacy's answer to Donald Trump, I mean, uh, to Barack Obama, right? Barack Obama became president. White supremacy gave us Donald Trump in response. And Donald Trump's mission was to take what Barack Obama had unleashed and put it back in the box to take us back, right? Barack Obama gave us progress. Donald Trump wanted to rewind the progress, and he failed. It was a ginormous failure. If you take a look at what Donald Trump has represented, white supremacy's attempt to roll America back into the pre-Obama days when black people didn't have as many rights and things weren't the way they are, it's been a colossal failure overall. And that is... That is the book, Fire and Fury. You've heard it before. You've seen, uh, I'm sure you've seen little excerpts of it and everything. And a lot of people know some of the different things that went on during the Trump administration. But this guy, Michael Wolff, even though he didn't have as much access as Bob Woodward in Bob Woodward's books, I think Michael Wolff's writing style is better. And uh, it's, it's a really good read. Ask you a question. It's funny that you mentioned, I, I like how you put that. You said Donald Trump's job was to take what Barack Obama had unleashed and put it back in the box. It's funny because we mentioned today uh, Mr. DeSantis, Governor DeSantis in Florida. You know, that's almost exactly the same playbook that he's playing from, right? Um, right. Uh, let me ban African-American studies because it's not historically, you know, accurate. What do you think about that? Yeah. Dan? Well, it's, if you go back, it actually looks like the old school Jim Crow laws. It will age just as badly. Ron DeSantis is going to regret having done this 15, 20, 30 years from now because it'll just, it'll be literally, it'll look just like saying black people can't use this drinking fountain versus that one. Sarah Huckabee Sanders has done the same thing in um, Arkansas, you know, uh, and somehow, and um, where was it that they, oh, DeSantis uh, banned uh, AP African American Studies, right? That was him, right or no? No, that you're correct. You're correct. You're yeah. correct. They, so he it, banned it's um, very badly. AP means it's, that it's college level courses, which is really interesting because he was saying that he was protecting the kids, right? But right. AP is college level. So why is he banning college level courses from people who are approved to take them? You know, exactly. critical race theory is a college level co- college level anyway, right? So right. he's well, expanding yeah, this. It's, it's, you know, he's yeah. the guy that went after Disney. You know, whenever there's low-hanging fruit, some kind of culture war to be had, DeSantis is, is following this playbook. Don't you think he's doing the same thing Trump did? Yep, and it's for the same reason. They're all attempting to grab this thing that's, that's uh, gaining momentum, which is younger people, black and brown and white, are joining together. You saw it in the, what happened after George Floyd. And that's why, this is, that's why that particular thing scared uh, people like DeSantis, people like Trump, people like a lot of conservative right-wing Republicans. It scared them so much because they're seeing not just young black people, not just young brown people, but young white people working together. And they're working very, very hard to turn this back. And so it starts to be, it, it starts to be buffoonery, really. It looks really, really silly. But 
that's the attempt. And in my view, although you have small, you know, certain things have changed um, in their in their favor. Overall, this, it's been a giant failure. It is it is failure to the to the nth degree. Funny, um, um, you mentioned uh, young whites who are progressive, and I think I know one. I might have met one today, in fact. Uh, you know, and it's really interesting because he feels the same way. You're so right about that. But I wanted to get some of his feedback on this. You know, what do you think about some of the violence that's happening in politics these days? You know, uh, are you, do you even pay attention to politics? Not to, I know put, you artists, on, not to put you on the spot. Not to spot. put you on the yeah. spot, Corey Payne. <laughs> and just to mention you are being recorded. Yeah. But, you know, but um, I'm really curious as to what your take is on this because – to be honest with you, when in, I saw that in picture, your generation, what do you think? When I saw that picture, yeah. I would have never guessed the white man drew it, right. and, yeah, yeah, and, right. and right. that teaches me something, right? What do you think about all this? Definitely. I mean, I try to just like, like I was saying, like I think you just looking at people for like who they are is like oh, an important thing. So when you like bring people together and everyone's like can work together and put all like this kind of stuff uh, behind, like not be able to move forward together is like the most important thing. So. Um, yeah, I think that these kind of things, like in politics and stuff today, like I don't pay attention to a lot of like the t- two specific details of it, but I know I get the gist of like what is like thrown at me. So um, I think those things are all like placed to try to like separate people and like. Well, you, I gotta imagine that you get thrown into the middle of this a lot, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because you're a white guy practicing, you know, painting black people. And you have the one side like, why would you paint black people? You have all the, you have George W. Bush you can paint, yeah, 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 and Reagan and whatever. <laughs> and you have the other side like, he's trying to outpaint our brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these, all these brothers out here not working because they're artists, and he's taking all the jobs. When it's really about talent. Now, obviously, you're extraordinary because not many people can get a city to pay for them. To yeah, do art. You yeah, know yeah. What I'm saying? And not. It's like not everybody's like that. So right. you you know like you can there's people that you can work with, and then there's other people that a lot of it is mostly just like haters and stuff saying stuff to try to kind of like put, bring you down or separate you from your main mission. But when you just stay strong and, and like be able to find people that you can work together with, then you can all grow like to a bigger place. You know. I grew up with one famous artist. He's actually pretty famous. I want to see if you heard of him. His name is Jay De La Vega. He's okay. from New York City. Uh, I don't know. Harlem. Uh, he grew up. I grew up with his seeing his paint. He used to draw on garbage cans, like little um, murals on garbage cans. And now he has this like this big art thing, this art dealership down in the village or whatever. He's doing great. That's he used to cool. walk down a down a block with his big afro on. He was really out of the, out of. The, you've heard of him though. Yeah, I feel like I've heard of the name before, but I don't know. Maybe I've had to see his stuff. Crack his whack. Um, you know those uh, those baby. Um, he's a real let famous. It go, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm okay, so I'm not as school as audit as I as I as I would like to be. But what do you call this kind of art you do? Is there a name for it? Like this mural stuff. I mean, like I I feel like I just I like to just call it like mural painting. You know, like okay. that's so you like, don't try to be te- too technical. No, nah, I mean because like people like a lot of people say graffiti and stuff like that, but like I don't feel like it's no, there's no, no it's like not graffiti. You're not doing graffiti. Yeah, there's no like real word for it. It's just like it's just making art. You know. All right. So. Well, Jimmy, are you still there? Yeah. I know that you see. Uh, you don't know this, but Jimmy went to art school. Um, so he used to be an art too, and I, I was wondering, Jimmy, if you were listening, and what you thought of this man's artwork. I, 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 I think I sent you a picture of it before. Yeah. Um, what did you? Yeah, I really like it, man. I really like the the um, Nipsey Hustle piece, you know, and um, 
Yeah, it's just all kind of, like he's saying, it's just, there's really no label for it. It's, you could call it whatever, mural painting, graffiti is just as beautiful. I've seen graffiti art that looks as beautiful. And by the way, Jamal, um, Jay De La Vega is from your neighborhood, yeah, but also you forgot Spawn is from your neighborhood. There's mad graffiti guys from that area also. Graffiti Hall of Fame is right up the street, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, don't sleep on that either. Oh, art is a, is a great way to express. Now, Jimmy, before I let you go, I want you to um, give people some contact information in case people want to uh, contact you about your fitness business. I know you do a lot of, uh, you know, rehabilitation with people and stuff. You have an online Zoom uh, thing going on. You want to give people some information before you have to get off the phone? I'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We do all kinds of fitness stuff on Zoom um, and live as well. The Family Dances. T-H-E-S-A-M-I-L-Y-D-A-N-C-E-S, thefamilydances.com. You go to that, and uh, we got all kinds of fitness packages for people who are just doing their New Year's resolution is I want to lose some weight, or older folks who want to increase their flexibility and their, their malleability, people all spectrums. Thank you and so the best, much. The best, you had so uh, much the best show is bride to be. To so if you are a bride to be and you want to fit in your wedding dress real tight, then uh, yeah, get up with me. Thefamilydancers.com. Oh, uh, that's that's why he's on the show. He's a lovely character, <laughs> and you will like him. I also want to thank my special guest host who donated an hour of his time to come in today. He didn't have to do it. He's an artist. He's a great artist. Um, um, he's going to be doing more stuff in Hartford and on other ways. Please give him your contact information one more time. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's just CoreyPayne.com or Instagram is just CoreyPayneArt. Um, yeah. He did the Nipsey Hustle Art uh, Mural downtown Hartford. Everyone loves that. I pass by it all the time. Um, is that, is that we are very glad to have him here. Also, we're at the end of the show. So thanks for joining us today. Maybe we can do it again soon. Allow me to say thank you to all the people who support this show. DJ Alex Sanchez. Dr. Al Mack, Joe Duncan, the Archbishop, David King, um, Denise Wonderler, doctor, the doctor, the, uh, the Olympic doctor that listens to us, my son, J.D. Wright, and also everybody else. You guys are good people, and we pray for your continued support. But most of all, we love our listeners, all 10 of them, maybe 11 now. My friends, without the listener, we wouldn't have anybody to talk to, and that would be sad indeed. So please take care of yourselves. And try to take care of someone else, too. See you in two weeks. All right. Peace. Thank you. This is the Jamal Show. Jamal C. Wright. Jamal. Jamal C. Wright. Jamal. This is the Jamal Show.